what signals the end of a chapter in my cliffhanger serial? This gun in my hand. Shackled to a board, his feet propped high against a wall and his head near the floor, Falk Ziljan, inclined hero by virtue of the fact that he carries a gun, wakes in a shadowy room. The only source of light is a skylight high above. Oh, how do I get into these situations? Indeed. Sorry, that sounded like a rhetorical question. I should have asked, how did I get into this specific situation? I really don't remember. Oh, while you were shooting at me, one of my hired punks, Manuel, gave you a tap on the back of the head. I didn't know he'd be out that long, boss. You can drop the accent, Manuel. It isn't working. Oh, but I practiced for hours. I know. It's not your fault. It's difficult to nail Australian without verging into British. Or gibberish. But I repeat myself. What's your name again? The Cozy Carp? The Cuttlefish. It's not that kind of cuddle. Two T's, not D's. Cuttle. Actually, I don't know what that part of the word means. I've studied the habits and biology of the cuttlefish, not the etymology of the name. What are you, some kind of scientist who got fired? Because you developed a plan to grow the global fish population and you don't mind if it wipes out humanity in the process? No. Wow, that's really specific. Where'd you come up with that? It just seems like something an obsessed scientist would do. No, I had the idea for the name the cuttlefish, and then I spent a lot of time reading about them. They look like a squid with really short tentacles. The reason I chose this name is that I aspire to be a villain in cliffhanger serials, and you're going to get me there. That doesn't explain why you'd choose the name Cuttlefish. Oh, well, it's a serial villain kind of name. There was a silent movie serial in 1919 called Trail of the Octopus, and then the Spider's Web in 1938 had a gang leader known as the Octopus, but it was a different character. There's even a pulp magazine called The Octopus, but it's on hiatus. I wanted to pay homage to that idea, but I didn't want to be a complete copycat. So I called myself the Cuttlefish. Will there be actual tentacles in this episode? Last episode was titled Trail of Tentacles, and I heard some listeners were disappointed. Oh, I guarantee there will be tentacles. You could have been the squid. Then you wouldn't have to explain your name every time. Squid didn't sound right. Cuttlefish does sound right? It does now. And, see, the cloth hood I wear represents the body of a cuttlefish, and the tentacles descending from the front of the mask are the proper length of an actual cuttlefish's arms proportional to its body. The eye holes aren't anatomically correct, but still, you can tell I put some thought into it. And somehow your scheme to get into moving pictures requires torturing me? This is kind of an audition to show you what I'm capable of, so you'll hire me as the villain of your first cliffhanger serial movie. I'm not planning to make movies. That kind of stuff gets in the way of actual crime fighting. I can put you in touch with my business manager, Gary. No, your plans don't matter to me. You're going to star in an action-packed serial consisting of between 12 and 15 chapters, chasing me, falling into my traps, and finally unmasking me in the end. I've written a treatment for the whole thing. I think you're going to like it. Give it to Gary and he'll see if it's worth pursuing. In the meantime, you think you could unshackle me, or at least raise my head? No, Mr. Ziljan. If you won't agree to star in a movie with me, then we'll execute Plan B. I torture you to death in real life, right here and now, establishing a reputation for myself as the most dangerous villain in the tri-state area. Studios might lose interest in your story, but they'll be eager to tell mine. It doesn't sound like an interesting story. A wannabe movie star kills some unknown crime fighter in the Midwest? They'll start off my life story showing my earliest days forming a criminal organization, when I only had two hired punks. I wish you wouldn't call us that. Three if you count my nephew Cal. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned his relationship to me. 
If you find out his identity, you'll be able to deduce mine. But that's why I'm a dynamic new type of serial villain. I don't spend my days plotting and planning. I fly by the seat of my pants. Improvisation, like these jazz bands are so famous for. Well, I apply that to villainy. I can't wait to see how far you get as the mastermind who does not plan ahead. Anyhow, he seemed to be following a solid career path, my nephew. He was doing an apprenticeship in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Villains, but then he washed out after two months. I always wondered, do those guys use conventional technology to sabotage businesses and electrocute victims, or do they actually gain shocking superpowers? I'll ask him sometime. Will you let me know what he says? Sure, if you're still alive. What was I saying? Oh, so I took Cal into my organization as my third follower last week. I really need some intimidating cephalopod-themed title for them. They're not exactly henchmen, because that implies second-in-command or a little higher in the organization. They're not gangsters. Minions has been done to death. Pool boys. The cuttlefish and his pool boys? No, we'll stick with hired punks for now. Oh. This has been fun, but we should set up your death trap now. If you appreciate artistry and death traps, you'll love this. We have here a clear glass globe full of water with some minnows in it. It's suspended from a thin metal arm attached to the wall. I move it into place right here under the skylight. It's just a little past noon, so the sun should be in position. Yes, there we are. Ah, could you move it somewhere else? It's focusing the sunlight right in my eyes. That's the idea. I'm using the magnified power of the sun to melt your brain. Ow. Is it going to cook the minnows in the process? Then you can have a nautical-themed snack while you watch him suffer? No, the minnows will be fine. And I don't like them raw. I've seen this before. What? You're setting up one of the cliffhangers that was used in Shadow of Chinatown. They knock out the hero and hang a goldfish bowl so it focuses light rays on his forehead. Yes. Chapter 5, The Sinister Ray. Thought you said you didn't want to be a copycat. I don't mind in this case. Besides, no one's carried it out in real life as far as I know. So I'm breaking new ground. You'll be waiting a long time. It doesn't work. It might. It's March. We're in the Midwest. This won't give me a decent tan, let alone melt my brain. Besides, if it worked like that, there'd be news stories all the time about people falling asleep next to goldfish bowls and having their brains melted, or at least getting a sunburn. There would be federal regulations against selling curved fish bowls. You're just trying to get me to move the bowl. That's not going to work. While they wait for Falk's brains to melt, let me tell you about tonight's sponsor. In episodes of This Gun in My Hand, you've learned about such diverse organisms as mollusks, cephalopods, arthropods, kinkajous, hemiptera, and hymenoptera. And you're still listening to the show. Why not put your interest in the natural world to good use? Enroll in a mail-order course from the Johnson Smith School of Biological Taxonomy. When you've completed the course, you'll be qualified for jobs in fancy laboratories where you can properly label specimen jars, or in the lucrative field of administering mail-order taxonomy courses. You'll learn valuable skills such as how to classify living organisms according to more or less agreed-upon groups, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, whatever those other ones are. How to gently correct people who refer to organisms improperly, knowing when to walk away and when to run. How to take a punch, how to roll when you fall, finding places to hide, and convincing pedants to give you a job. For free brochure, send a postcard to Johnson Smith School of Biological Taxonomy, 6615 East Jefferson Ave, Detroit 7, Michigan. Fine, you were right. The magnified rays of the sun aren't going to kill you. I have more than one death trap, Ziljan. Manuel, can you just... The minnows, can you swing them back out of the way? Thank you. Do you want me to lean the teeter-totter so his head is up? Yes, but don't call it a teeter-totter. He's shackled to that board and we're going to kill him on it. 
Sorry, I just thought that fulcrum in the middle... He's right. Functionally, it is a teeter-totter. A teeter-totter of death, perhaps. That doesn't matter because I need you unrestrained for this next trap. How many traps do we have to go through? This will be your last. Manuel, keep that revolver trained on him. Sir, this is a pistol. A revolver has a kind of cylinder thing that spins around. I don't care. Keep your gun trained on him. Walk this way, you falk Ziljan. I'm going to need a minute or two. My legs fell asleep. Can I just sit on the middle of the teeter-totter? Yes, all right. That gives me a chance to explain how you will die. Now that I've turned on this light, you can see the 200-gallon aquarium that was previously in shadow. And do you see those terrifying creatures inside? No, there's too much glare. I just see the light reflected off the glass. Sorry, let me activate the background lights. There's one under the bottom of the aquarium, too. And I'll turn off the one that caused the glare. Now do you see? Oh, yeah. Very pretty. Those creatures you see are live cuttlefish. The two that are as long as your forearm might look terrifying. Not really. But they are harmless. The deadly one is the more vibrantly colored one, smaller than the length of your hand, known as a flamboyant cuttlefish. It is as poisonous as a blue-ringed octopus. That doesn't give me any frame of reference. How poisonous is a blue-whatever-octopus? Very, alright? They're very toxic. And you're gonna make me eat one? No. Do you realize how hard it is to maintain these things? Getting the pH balance right in the salt water? We have to maintain separate tanks of other little shrimps and things to feed them because they're such picky eaters. Okay. No, Mr. Ziljan. You are going to thrust your hand into that aquarium of your own free will, risking a deadly bite, because that will be the only way to retrieve the microfilm hidden in the gravel at the bottom of the tank. And this is where we end the chapter on a cliffhanger. How will Falk Ziljan avoid the deadly bite of the cuttlefish? Will he survive? Find out next week. We're not giving you a third episode. Let's keep going and wrap this up tonight. This is the natural spot for a cliffhanger, though. No, you've had two episodes now. That's more than most people get. Fine. Uh, What's the big secret recorded on the microfilm? I don't know. It's microfilm. Why would I risk my life to get it if I don't know what's on it? It's what people do with microfilm. There's something secret on it, probably. Why else would they put it on microfilm? Where did you get it? The library, if you must know. Manuel, get that little box, would you? The one the microfilm came in? What does the label say? Ah, uh, dissertation by Willard Herschel Garman. Uh, chemical and vegetative studies of magnesium availability in certain Pennsylvania soils. Right, there you go. Invaluable data. If it had information that would stop crimes or lead to someone's conviction, I might try. What the heck, you only live once. Okay, no, you have to... The other side. Ew, gross, gross. The big one is all over my hand. Has it bitten you? No, it's just pulling on my fingers with all its little fingers. It's massaging me or something. I could turn on some mood music. You reached into the wrong section of the aquarium. There's a glass divider in the tank to keep the big ones from eating the little one. You have to reach into the other side that holds the little colorful one. That's it. Here comes Sergio. The little one's named Sergio. Can you give me a hint where the microfilm is? Just dig around in the gravel while Sergio draws nearer. Ah, uh, that's it. I've got the microfilm canister. This critter's not so bad, just kind of fluttery. Stop! Don't take your hand out with Sergio still clinging to it. You'll hurt him. He said he was going to kill me. Why would I care if I hurt it? Put your hand back in the water. Fine. He won't let go. Just carefully use your other hand to brush him loose. Be gentle. You could pull off one of his tentacles if you're not careful. What's that thing coming out? It's a different color from the tentacles, and it's longer. Is that... That's his tongue. He's tasting you. Oh, I am done. 
There, he's in the water and he looks okay. I wonder why he didn't bite you. Haven't you tested it by forcing other people to put their hand in the tank? You're the first. You could have ordered one of your pool boys to do it. Is that what you think? I just have no concern for human life at all? No loyalty to my workers? Yes, you thought it was going to kill me. Because you mean nothing to me. I never interviewed you. I never came to an agreement with you about your responsibilities or wages or schedule. I've never sat down to lunch with you and talked about your family. Great, you're a swell guy. I knew it was safe to put my arm in even if he did bite me. You said he was poisonous. That means if I ate it, it would kill me. When animals have a toxic bite, they're described as venomous, not poisonous. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants, for all you know, I might have just confused the words poisonous and venomous. Never mind, I have one more death trap to try. Your plan won't work, Cuttlefish. Of course it will work. I have you at my mercy, and I will show you none. I mean, killing me won't get you hired by a movie studio. They wouldn't give a job to a known killer. Even if they like your life story, they'll hire some established actor to portray you. Bella Lugosi or Lionel Atwell or George Zuko as the Cuttlefish. Is that what you want? Plus, they'll get all the details of your story wrong. Won't that be infuriating? They wouldn't do that. Name one movie where a real criminal portrayed himself in a biographical picture. Maybe you're right. I should rethink this. Sorry, I meant to think I should rethink... What's wrong? Oh, it's this blasted voice modulator. Batteries run out after a half hour. I shouldn't have pushed it. Are you... You're a woman, aren't you? No, how dare you? I have a pituitary problem. Oh, what's the use? I can't do a man's voice. It's fine. Be whoever you want to be. No, stop. It's not a sex thing. I don't get jollies from pretending to be a man. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just to hide my identity. I wanted cops to be on the lookout for a man so they'd never look for a woman. When you had me upside down on the teeter-totter of death, it gave me a unique view. I noticed how you... you fill out that suit in an unusual way. Silence! Show respect to the cuttlefish! That's all right, Manuel. Go on. You like how I fill out my suit? I didn't say I like it, just that your body shape seems unusual for most men I've seen. I thought you were wearing a bulletproof vest or some super scientific gizmo under your suit coat. It seems to be, uh, filled. Also, your thighs? You want me to put on some mood music? Shut up. Shut up. Well, shoot. If I let you live now, you'll think I couldn't go through with it because I'm a woman. I promise I won't think that. It fits into the expectation that men are strong-willed warriors and women are weak, sentimental, nurturing caregivers. I don't think you're weak or sentimental, certainly not nurturing. You haven't acted like a caregiver. Women aren't all like that. Look at, uh, there was a Chinese pirate queen that led an armada of tens of thousands of ships, absolutely controlled the seas for a while. Right here in Parabellum City, we have Regina, the queen pin of crime, a woman who leads the most dangerous criminal organization in the Octo State area. The Octo State? I'm jealous. No, you'll still think I'm an ineffective villain because I'm a villainess. I have to kill you to be taken seriously. No, you don't. No, you don't. Wait, my, my Aunt Bertha was a suffragette. She fought for women's rights. I learned from her that women can be, what you said, beefy, no nonsense, uh, take no prisoners and that. You're not pretending? You really think I would kill you still? I am terrified, and that's why I'm rambling defensively. All right, we'll let you go. Jeez, this gender stuff is so confusing. Good thing there are only two genders. Right. Imagine how much more complicated it would be if there were more. Yes. Although... In the Clutches of the Cuttlefish, episode 77 of This Gun in My Hand was massaged by Rob Northrup. 
This episode and all others are available on YouTube with automatically generated closed captions of dialogue. Visit thisgunninmyhand.blogspot.com for credits, show notes, information on how to subscribe, and to buy my books, such as Little Heist in the Big Woods and other revisionist atrocities. What will you feel if you plunge your arm into my aquarium? This gun in my hand! <laughs>